Evening. Good to see you. Thanks for coming out on a Wednesday evening. And uh, just to clarify, we weren't laughing at those who were singing. Uh, a couple of the young adults, and I'll, I'll say the young adults, but actually Pastor Phil was probably the, the, the main instigator, but uh, it's, it's Brother Danny's birthday tonight, and so, but it's also Valentine's, so, so there was a bit of a, uh, a gift given him for, for his birthday this evening, and so that's what that was all about. You can check it out later, but um, just wanted to show the love, I guess, is what they were doing. No pun intended, but... Um, appreciate the church just uh, being faithful and just being faithful to pray for, for Andrew. He's, he's home, so he got home, as you probably got the text. But continue to pray for him in his recovery and, and all of that. So just, um, just continue to keep him in your thoughts and prayers. And um, we'll just, uh, again, uh, update the church as he goes. But definitely needs to, to rest and recover. So please be mindful of that. I know many who want to be a blessing and um, maybe just want to come in and check, check in on him. But for now, please just be mindful. He does need the rest. And so just wanted to mention that on their behalf. But um, let's turn our Bibles this evening to Zechariah chapter, chapter 3 and also chapter 6. And I know that for those of you who come along to life groups that you know that one of the, one of the classes this, this year, Brother Michael's class, are covering the book of Zechariah. And um, just reminded me of a couple of things that um, I've, I've been studying over the course of the last couple of weeks as well. But um, it's an opportunity, you know, sometimes to, to dig into the, the different books of the Bible that you may not be too familiar with. And so I want to encourage you, if you're not in the habit of coming along to life groups, um, please come along at 9 o'clock on a Sunday and there's different classes, the book of Second Peter is being covered, the book of Ephesians, and the book of Zechariah. So we're trying to, uh, trying to just, just have different, different books of the Bible that we're going through, and just um, hopefully then will be a blessing and, and just deepen you in your understanding of the Word of God. But Zechariah is an interesting book. Uh, Zechariah, of course, was a, was a prophet, but also a priest, he really prophesied to the remnant that returned from captivity to rebuild Jerusalem and, and join those who remained there. And really his whole encouragement to the group was to help with the rebuild of the temple, but then also to, to help with the, the reinstitution of the worship of, uh, within the temple. And his contemporary, another prophet that he he was with was the prophet Haggai. And if you read Haggai and Zechariah, they're, they're, they're almost chalk and cheese. Haggai's very realist in his view, and Zechariah is, is actually, he's, um, he's almost a visionary. It's it said that, that Haggai firmly had his feet planted on the ground, and Zechariah had his head in the cloud. And um, if you read through the book of Zechariah, it really has a tone of triumph. And they were trying, he was trying to get the people uh, who returned, who were faithful to try to rebuild the, the temple, to have an understanding of the coming Messiah, but then also ju just the eventual, eventual triumph that, that the Messiah was going to bring back to Israel. So it's a really interesting book and, and a lot of prophetic things there, both the first advent and the second advent of Christ. But if you, you read through that, just bear in mind when you're reading through Zechariah, 
you're really reading the, the, the book of Ezra as well. It really, this happens between the, the chapter, chapter 4 of Ezra and chapter 5 of Ezra. So just put it in, in its historical context there. But the, the thing that I love about the book of Zechariah is that all of the different pictures of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you really read through that, there's a richness of the great types of Christ and the great, uh, the great uh, shadows of Christ. And in, in different places in Zechariah, you'll see Jesus as the priest and king. You'll also see him as the just and lowly. You'll see him as the cornerstone. You'll see him as the nail. You'll see him as the battle bow, our defense. You'll see him as the spirit of grace. You'll see him as the fountain. You'll see him as the shepherd. You'll see him as the king of all the earth. He's our ruler. You'll see him as the king of kings, the Lord of lords. So all of those, those great pictures of the Lord and in his first coming, but then also in his second coming, is really found through the book of Zechariah. But the most interesting one that I find through this whole, whole book of the Bible really is found in Zechariah chapter 3. And notice with me verse 8. And then we'll go to chapter 6 and look at, look at this. It says, Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wandered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. And this picture of Christ, and if you, you have your, your Bible there, you, you'll notice that it's all in capital letters, really referring to the, the, the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and this whole picture of the branch. And to me, that's interesting. And look at, look at chapter 6, and it's repeated here, chapter 6 and verse 12. And notice again, and speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, and he shall go up out of this place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. And so this prophecy of how Jesus really is going to be the one that's going to set aright the, the, the worship and the reinstitution of the, the temple worship, and, and again, the triumphal return of Christ in that way. And so to me, it's interesting and it's not just really in Zechariah that that's pictured in the Old Testament. We also see it in the book of Isaiah. He's called the branch of David. And again, touching on the fact that it's through Christ that, that David's throne is restored. We see it in Jeremiah chapter 23 as, as well as Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 15. And so the, to me, that whole idea of the branch of David, it corresponds to the book of Matthew. It corresponds to the fact that Jesus is presented as the king of the Jews. In another place, we read it already in Zechariah 3.8, he says, my servant, the branch, and this corresponds to the book of Mark, where the great emphasis is Jesus, the servant. Then we see he was the man whose name is a branch in, in chapter 6, verse 12, and it corresponds to the book of Luke, who presents him as the perfect man. But then we also see him in Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2, as the branch of Jehovah. Again, it corresponds to another gospel, the book of John who represents him as the mighty God, the deity. And so it's interesting, again, all of those types um, that, that we can glean from in all of the mentions of in, in the picture of Jesus as the branch. But uh, we also know a different place in Scripture where he's not called the branch, but he's called something else. Look at John chapter 15. And this is where I find it interesting that in the Old Testament, he's pictured as the branch. But in John chapter 15, and we 
probably are familiar for those of you who know this, um, this passage of Scripture in verse 1. I am the true vine. So now Jesus is speaking. So now this isn't prophetic. This is literally Jesus giving an analogy of himself. And he says to, to his disciples there and to us here reading tonight, I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. And then he refers to branches again. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, notice who he's calling branches now. It's not himself. He's the true vine. He's calling us the branches. And it's interesting, again, the contrast there from what we are told prophetically of the branch to now who he's calling branches, that's us as Christians. He's saying any branch in me, that, that's specifically speaking to those that are in Christ. That's a biblical term, really, that speaks about those who've accepted Christ as their Savior. And so he's speaking to those that, that he understands and he's really foretelling, in a sense, that will trust him, that he's going to plug into himself the true vine. And so there's some things that we can learn as we consider the, prophetically who Jesus is, the branch, and then who we are supposed to be, the branches. Because as Christians, actually, we're supposed to be like Christ, aren't we? As Christians, we're supposed to be little Christs. And you know, there's many, many, many different, uh, different things that we can glean from the Word of God but very central to that is just the, the, the desire and the design of God that we would be like His Son. And so it's interesting to me that He calls His Son prophetically the branch, as in the, the model one, the, the one that we were going to follow after, but similarly He calls us the branches. And so the things that we learn about the branch is not just prophetic of the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's also, it's also instructive of how we're supposed to be. It's instructive of how we're supposed to behave just like we see in The Branch, capital B-R-A-N-C-H, versus us little branches who are plugged into the true vine, the Lord Jesus Christ. But, you know, that, that whole idea that the Scripture tells us that He came in our likeness. He came not only to be God, but but God in human, in, in human likeness. He, he put on the form of the servant. He took on humanity. And, and there's, there's an understanding that, that, you know, as we think about our Savior, He's not just someone who is uninformed and unfeeling about how our life is. No, He knows very well. He went through it Himself. He was the branch, and we're supposed to be the branches. And so tonight, as we consider what we learn in Zechariah, I want you to have that thought in mind because he was the first, really, among the branches. We're supposed to glean some things in what the Bible says about him prophetically versus how we're supposed to live our lives because we're supposed to be plugged into the true vine, but we are supposed to be also branches, little branches that, that, that gleans from the branch. And we're supposed to be like Christ. There's supposed to be a, a patterning and, 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 a, and, a, and a following after. And we're supposed to strive in, in all the, the grace that God gives us each day 
to being more and more like the branch. As we plug ourselves in, and the whole idea in John chapter 15 is that if we would abide, if we would draw close to God, if we would we'd get our, our, our resource of strength and our resource of hope and our resource of life by being plugged in to the true vine, then we will be branches amongst branches. But we're supposed to be like the branch. We're supposed to be like Him. And you know, many times we can model ourselves and, and we can sort of be influenced by others and, and there's nothing wrong with that. We'll see that in a little bit. But ultimately, the greatest example that we have and the greatest one we're supposed to follow as branches plugged into the true vine is actually the branch. We're supposed to follow after Him. And so notice with me as we consider in Zechariah this challenge for us tonight, notice the first one we read in Zechariah chapter 3 verse 8 is that he was to, to come as a servant. Notice the title he's given, this, my servant, the branch. Hey, listen, you know, there's, there's many things that we should be as Christians. There's many, many titles God gives us, but actually the one that he so often highlights and we're supposed to be is just that, that servant. You know, when, when Jesus talked about the greatest in his kingdom, he talked about the one that will minister, the one that will be a servant. You know, we, we live in a day where it's all about position. We live in a day where we strive for getting up the corporate ladder, getting up to our next rung of socioeconomic you know, uh, uh, abilities. We, we try to move up and we ambition some things about ourselves and that's okay in, 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 in all of that. But, but ultimately what we ought to strive for is to be like Christ and when, when the Bible prophetically talks about the branch, it also comes with the title servant. We know that the Lord Jesus came and he put off those things and he came and he took on the form of a servant. He, he said about himself, he came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And you know, the, the thing that we need to strive for in our day, if we're going to be like the branch and we're going to be like Christ, we've got to emphasize in our own lives that we are servants for Him. That, that if we're going to strive for those things that matter, if we're going to strive for fulfilling God's will and God's plan for our lives, then we better have a servant's heart. That we ought not strive for position first, but we strive for servanthood. That as God allows us to do things, that first and foremost... We have to have an attitude and the heart of a servant. You know, we need to be servants of God just like the branch. And we are to be branches in the likeness of the branch. And he came in the form of a servant. The Bible tells us that he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And so he came to be not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And so firstly tonight, as we consider this, how's our servanthood? You know, do we go about and, you know, do we come sometimes with a mindset that, that's a bit consumeristic and we go, you know, what can church do for me rather than what can I do for the Lord? And we ought to come with an attitude, how am I going to serve today? How am I going to serve in my household? I'm going to serve those around me. And, and I hope that we would come just as the branch was a servant, that we would come in that servanthood as well. But then notice again in verse uh, chapter 6 now, we read it earlier. 
Notice verse 12, and speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold the man whose name is the branch. And, and I want you to focus on that word, behold. He said, look. Now, when, when, you, when you say that word, we don't often say it, right? We don't, we don't walk around and go, behold, you know. That word just simply means pay attention, observe, look. And what he was saying is he's pointing out very, uh, very, uh, very clearly to look, observe. And here's the point I want to make with that is that the, the branch came to be an example. He came to be looked at. He came to be observed. And he came to, to pattern something. And we understand that he came, he, he patterned sorrow, he patterned that, that life of sacrifice. He, he patterned grace and truth. He, he patterned a life that at times means that we suffer through some things. He, he patterned a life of spirit-filled living. He, he patterned a life of what we spoke about, servanthood. But, but he came patterning something. And, and even in his life, as, as people, uh, as he walked around, there were those who announced his coming and they said, Behold, have a look, come and see. And Jesus came in all of these forms and he came to be an example for us to follow. And, and the Bible tells us that very clearly in 1 Peter 2.21, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow his steps. And, and actually, what we're supposed to be is we're supposed to be an example. We're supposed to live our lives as an example of something greater, of someone greater. There's supposed to be something visibly that can be discerned about us that's different. And, and you know, many times we can, uh, we can, again, attain for other things. We, we think that there's some other things that is worth, uh, worth in us that's worth following. And yet the, the very thing that, that causes us to be an example is, is just what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. You know, he boldly said this, Be ye followers of me. But you know, the sentence doesn't end there. There's a comma. He says, even as I also am of Christ. You know what gives you the right to be an example? It's not your success. It's if you would follow Christ yourself. You know what gives you credibility in the home as a dad? Is that if you would strive to be like Christ. You know what gives you credibility as you minister and as you go around and as you, you, you do those things that, you know, even we know to be right? Is this, if we would be one who would have the example of Christ and we're following. That's what gives you the right. And many times we can, you know, label in other ways why we can be an example, but that's the Bible's measure. And he said, behold, have a look. And he came to be an example so we can follow him. And so if you want to strengthen your ability to be an example to others, then you better strengthen your, your sight and your desire and your, your drive and your motivation to just be more like Christ. But you know, we also know that he came as a man. He said, behold the man whose name is the branch. And here's what I want to say. You know, not only did he come to be a servant and we ought to be servants, not only did he come to be an example and we ought to be an example, but he came to be a companion. Look at 
You know, he came, so, he came so that he could be amongst us. You know, the word of God dwelt amongst us. And he came, and you know, the, the, the great thing is this. When he left, he also left someone within us. You know, he, never, he said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. You know what he did? He allowed the comforter to come. And you know, if you're saved here tonight, you have a companion in you. He, he's one that he, he knew, he understands. He, he can succor us, the Bible says. Why? Because, because he understands completely how it is to be human because he was 100% man and 100% God. But then he left us the comforter who will guide us to all truth. And he came to, to, to comfort us, be the comforter. And he came and he gave us a companion. And I want to say to you that, you know, we, when we go about our day, we're supposed to be amongst the other branches. Because that's what Jesus did. He came to be amongst others. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes we can devalue the fellowship that we're supposed to have with one another. Sometimes you think it's not that important, like it's not up there in the, in the Christian priority list. But actually, it's a great part. Actually, the times that we're supposed to be gathering, we're supposed to do it more as the day approaches. There's a great, there's a great, there's a great need, actually, for us to just be companions, to find companionship and to be a companion to one another. We're supposed to be branches. And so tonight, really simply, we've just got to be more like Christ. And you know, there's many, many other pictures that he has, but, but tonight, that's what stood out as we as I thought about this evening, you know, there's, there's some branches that needed another branch to look to and be an example. There, there's some branches who are longing for companionship, and we've got to be mindful. And there's some branches that they, they need some servants around them. You'll humbly just serve and humbly just do the work, and really just what's emanating is that we're just like the branch. We're like Christ. All right, Jill, thanks.